thank you for joining Paul Bartlett for Rethink It, the podcast that pushes the boundaries of thinking about leadership and life in a world that is thinking less about church. Today I'm having a chat with Corey Oliver, who I found by listening to her podcast, The Coriolis Effect. Corey is from LA and she has quite the resume. She's an actress, singer, producer, podcaster, and entrepreneur. Thanks for joining me today, Corey, on my Rethink It podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very, very grateful to be here. Yeah, it's our pleasure. You know, I think, uh, you know, uh, you're in Los Angeles, you're in the Hollywood city. You, of course, as I said earlier, you know, you've continued to be an actress, actress, singer, producer, entrepreneur. What if you had to rethink working in those spaces, I guess, pretty high demand, uh, some high pressure, One of the things I talk about in my book is that we are all, we're formed by God. And if we're formed, then we're a vessel. So we need to be filled by him constantly before we go and function. I guess it feels like a bit of a crazy world you might find yourself in sometime. Talk to us how you keep healthy and full in your walk with the Lord. You know, that is a really, really great question. I was fortunate enough for me, I'm not saying this is, has to do with everybody, but for me, I was raised um, with, in a Christian home. Uh, and so I had a real strong foundation. And, you know, the Bible says, teach your ways of the children, the, the ways of the Lord of the children when they're young, when they go old, they won't depart from it. And, you know, I, I feel very blessed that having been raised with both sides of my mom and dad with God and uh, that it definitely kept both a feet on the ground for me. You know, the industry is um, getting kind of a bad rap right now, as we know, right? There's a lot yeah. of stuff out there. Some of it's true, some of it's not. I um, I really feel like, I can't even say that it was really me that protected myself. I really feel like it was God that protected me from a lot of it. And he kind of would pluck me from certain situations and from like roles or I'd get to an audition and they'd say, well, you're going to have to do this. And I'd say, okay, well, thank you, but I'm, I can't do this. How would that go? Would that mean you lost the part uh, yes. in that role often? Yeah. It's a great question um, because it not only did I lose that part, but when the word gets back to your agent that you're not willing to do something, a lot of future roles I didn't get called in for, which yeah. are, it's fine. I, I'm so grateful yeah. with how it all worked out. You know, I feel yeah. like God, saves the best for last and um and i never it never i don't know i just kept forging ahead i wasn't going to compromise doesn't mean that's for everyone but it's what i felt so yeah and you find that god actually honors that in your life anyway doesn't he because i mean i i'm not in that area but i prior to being a pastor was in a secular role and there were certain things that i wouldn't do or say and i i the natural person in me said oh i'm gonna miss out on opportunity but actually, if I look back over my life, I realize that actually I, God had better opportunities for me anyway. And that's the thing. He has something far greater than what we could possibly imagine. And, you know, there are seasons where it's, you're just like, okay, well, what's, gonna, what's going on? Nothing's happening. Yeah. Yeah. But I really feel like he's pruning you in those moments and trying to cultivate a relationship with me, which he did. And there are moments that I feel in my life where he's had to I've had to endorse some pain. You know, it's it's very interesting and it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. You know, we I had a preconceived idea when I moved to Hollywood that I was just going to move here and in four months I was going to make it and then everything was going to be great. No, that's not what happened. <laughs> that's not what yeah. happened at all. So, 
Um, but it's so I love the way it all turned out. It's wonderful. Yeah. Oh, it's great. I mean, you've got, uh, you know, we just had a wild two years with COVID and the pandemic and uh, th there's something going on at the moment, I reckon, too. I, right here in Australia at the moment, we've we've just experienced floods and all sorts of terrible things at the moment where, you know, it feels like the world's going crazy. But in amongst crazy, uh, you sort of, you know, I don't love this word, everybody uses it, but during COVID, they pivoted or, you know, and here you have this great podcast, three and a half million views or something on your podcast. Tell me about that. Where did that come about? Uh, what have you rethought in order to do something like a podcast, which is not something you'd done before? I had not done it before. No, you're right. And, and I did rethink it. I rethought my position in general. And I was on the phone with my producer and we have to give a shout out to Bob Victor because couldn't have done it without him. He's amazing. Um, but we were on the phone one day and this was shortly after COVID, maybe six, seven months after COVID had you know, already transpired. And there was so much division in the world, economically, racially, politically, spiritually, you name it. There was just a plethora, a myriad of, of division. And if there's one thing my daughter will tell you, regardless of what faith I raised her, I told her to be inclusive. And so it really did bother me. It was bothering. I was grieving my spirit that people were so divided because God wants us to love one another. He calls us to love one another. And sometimes that's hard, but he does. And so I was talking to Bob about it and I said, you know, we really should like do a show where we could bring the right side together and the left side together and we could have a conversation and we could agree to disagree, but we could still leave parting as friends and loving one another. This is how fast God moves sometimes. That night, my daughter had been staying with me and she was telling me about her friend's mom and how she got into a wave accident in the ocean and a surfing accident. And she said the waves just pulled her down and it was awful. And I said, oh my gosh, that's terrible. That's just awful. And she goes, you know what that's called, mommy? And I said, what? And she said, that's called the Coriolis effect. Hmm. And I said, what? <laughs> it was like a moment of like, really, God, are you answering that, that discussion that fast that Bob and I had just had that morning? And I looked up the Coriolis effect and it basically says in so many words, when the right hemisphere meets the left hemisphere and it comes together and it creates a circular motion. Oh, yeah, incredible. It's incredible, right? And so my name is Corey Oliver. So it just kind of flowed yeah. into, you know, into that, but I guess what my point is, is not, it's not about me. It's not about, you know, my idea or Bob's idea or Ariane's idea. It's, it's the way God can take something in an absolute instant and turn it around. And, and, you know, we're almost, we're 91 shows into it eight months later. And, and that's what blows my mind about him and really does. It makes me cry because there are people out there suffering as you know, yeah. And they feel hopeless and yeah. feel lost and they feel broken. And I want to say to them, God can turn things around in a minute, in a second, yeah. in a second. Yeah. And, you know, we just, we just have to trust. And it, yeah. it is called blind faith sometimes for a reason, right? Yeah, it's an amazing, it's amazing thought, Corey. And I, I think uh, the best ideas in life are the ones that God drops in at the right time for the, for the right thing, right? And, and I often think myself, you know, 
That's my story too. Like even things like we're doing the the rethink it book, my thank God it's Monday book. I often feel like I, I, I don't want to get any credit for any of those things because I feel like, look, God makes us, God makes us look way, way better than we are in terms of some of the ideas we get for things and that sort of stuff. And, and you're right about the pain. I, I think one of the things during COVID, I don't know what it was like in America, but certainly here in Australia, it's kind of like we, we just developed this thing. If you don't agree, you mustn't like the person. You said that. And I think, I think to myself, oh, I, I think there's a lot of things about my faith that people won't agree about, but I would never let that be a reason why I wouldn't love them or care for them or consider them. But something changed in the world, didn't it, the last 10 years and a lot of anger around. And maybe that's because people are hurt or frustrated. I don't know. Yes. And, you know, that's the thing. I think what's the saying? Uh, unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Mm. We can't live in this perpetual state of anger, unforgiveness. It, it literally is a poison to our own soul and our own body. And so if we can learn to love regardless, you don't have to think the same way I do. You don't have to believe the same way I do. We can still love one another. That's really what makes the world goes, go around love, yeah. not yeah. divisive, demonic energy. It's not healthy. It's not no. conducive to productivity either. You can't produce really anything when you're stuck in this this quicksand it's true yeah. now you mentioned your daughter Corey. you mentioned uh you've also talked at length you're passionate about relationship and marriage um yes. but i know that journey for you has been bittersweet you've got a beautiful daughter which i can tell you love so much because you talk about her all the time and, and she sounds wonderful but also that whole journey has come with sadness as well because uh you were married and then that relationship didn't last too long do you want to just talk to us about that and how that's impacted your life and what you've learned and rethought through relationships well I'll tell you up front I've been married twice and the first time I got married I'll tell you this very condensed and it's it's hopefully I can speak to someone out there um I got married to my daughter's father yes I loved him dearly I still love him he gave me the greatest gift of my life ever and um, he decided he did not want to be married anymore when she was a year and a half old. And so he left and that was very difficult for me. I came from a divorced family. So did he, I did not see myself ever getting divorced. I was in it to win it. And I would have fought to the very, very end, but you cannot fight with someone who won't get in the ring. Um, he just left and, uh, I had to start over kind of with my daughter and I, and work and I was and how old were you then Corey how like how young were you then back like um what was I like 20 in your 20s 29 yeah yeah right okay yeah so pretty young got to fend for yourself and yeah big yes, and I, I felt very I talked about this in another interview I felt ashamed of myself oh. that I was now had to take my wedding ring off um I had a one and a half year old. Well, I live in an area where everyone is married. They all have families and kids, you know, it was very, very hard to wrap my head around it. Dropping off at school, I was one of maybe two single moms. Very difficult. Um, but let me tell you, those moments when you are in the fetal position crying out to God, he meets you. And he 
is literally yeah, look, I'm gonna have to break open my my you can't see this on the audio, but I literally Are you just doing this because you've finally got a pastor that's doing a podcast. You think I've got a pastor on tap now, I can just tell everything. Is that what you're so <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to speak to someone out there that is feeling the same way and that says, you know what? Because I want to tell you something from that moment on. Jesus was my husband. Yeah. I always joke and say he's the only one I'll share. <laughs> but he really, he really did uh, save me in so many ways. And he provided and he allowed me to work and be with Ariana. And he just, I can't say enough. 16 years later, I found myself, you know, married again. And I don't know why, but he left 26 days later. Oh, that's terrible. But it is terrible. But God's rejection is God's protection. Yeah. And he is usually saving us from something when we're going through something like that. And so I found myself in the, the uh, fetal position again, but out of that, I woke up one day and I was like, what do I do with this pain, Lord? What do I do with it? I don't want it to just be, you know, for, for nothing. And I heard a loud and resounding, turn your pain into your purpose. And so mm. I wrote a song, I'm somebody's daughter, mm. which is about that pain that I went through. And, you know, as it's, as it is, it's, you know, I had men reach out and say, Hey, I didn't see my wife in that way, or my girlfriend in that way, or my daughter in that way, but I do now. And so it's, it's just was another way for God to turn it into something positive and good mm -hmm. instead of bad and negative. Mm -hmm. That's a very, very powerful story. And I appreciate you sharing that too. I know that's pretty tough to do that, but look, I think, uh, one of my passions, look, I'm a church kid as well. So like, I've just been in church. I can't remember not being in church. And then, you know, I became a builder, but before long after being a carpenter builder, I, feel, I tell people it's my messianic complex because, you know, I was a, I was a carpenter. And then when I was 30 or 33, I went into ministry. And one of my non-Christian workmates told me, he said, oh, 33 and you're leaving work to be a minister. He said, well, be careful of wooden crosses, you know, because that was about the same age as Jesus. And, you know, so that whole journey for me, I just think that the big thing is that the enemy wants to put shame on you constantly. It doesn't matter that you're a Christian all your life or whatever. One of the things, and, you know, I put it in my book, Rethink It, which is um, thinking how you speak to yourself. Yes. And, and, the, and the problem is, right, when, let's, let's be honest. The, the, the devil has got a song that he's written about us and the mm. song is every wrong thing we've ever done and he sings it to us. So, you know, you might find yourself ready to worship God in it while you're singing or in church or something. And the moment you go to do it, you hear the song of the devil say, what do you think you're doing? You know, you get, why, why are you singing? You, you, you just call yourself a Christian and you've done this. And I guess one of my passions in Rethink It is to help people understand that actually in those moments, you should do the opposite. So when you feel shame, worship God more. When you hear the devil tell you you're not worthwhile, uh, shout out inside of yourself, I'm more worthwhile than I've ever been. You know, almost do, do the opposite of what you feel. And it's a great weapon the devil uses. So it's so good to hear you say that you've, you didn't just overcome broken relationships, you've overcome a song the devil tried to sing over your life. And it might have some truth, but it's been defeated by Jesus, right? So it's a pretty 
pretty good story, huh? It is, and the, the whole chorus of the song that I wrote is, I'm somebody's daughter and my father is the king. He's my soul provider, S-O-U-L. Yeah. The victory will be his. That's the chorus. And, you know, and that's the thing is, you're right. I love that analogy um, that the enemy tries to, you know, get us, has a song that he sings into us. And, yeah. and I always, you know, the Bible says, resist the enemy and he will flee. And so in those moments when I really feel heaviness, it's, I literally will, you know, say, Alexa, turn on worship music, right? Yeah. Resist the enemy. Yeah. So there are little tools too that, you know, yeah. that or open your Bible, read one sentence or think of your favorite scripture or call a friend and pray. I'm a huge prayer. Yeah. I believe in the yeah. power of prayer. I'm always pray big, right? So it's it, a great thought. Yeah. My daughter, she's uh, turned 21 and she's Ooh. getting married at the end of this year. Thank goodness. Um, she's been going out with this guy for three years. He's a great young man, loves the Lord and is a school teacher, actually. And uh, I often think, you know, it, it, being a parent changes your perspective. And I think as a father, you know what? My, my daughter, like me, has not always done things well, but it would never stop me loving her, right? It would never... Behavior doesn't determine love, does it, in that relate? And that's how God sees us. And I think you've really been able to rethink that through. And, and it sounds like it's made you a stronger person. How has that played out now in, in the world you live in, in the arts and entertainment? How do you keep your faith in those environments when there are probably some people who want to, um, you know, we, we would say tease you or give you a hard time? Do you experience that in the area that you work in? Yeah, people, I learned a long time ago, I used to be teased as a kid in school, horrible, horrible things I said. And, and I would hurt so bad, because I can't even imagine ever hurting somebody intentionally, right? And then I found out when I get older, like hurt people hurt people. Yeah, that's where grace comes in for us. You know, we extend that kind of grace to others. And so even when people say something bad or someone will write something bad about me, I know this is going to sound really silly, but I've sort of adopted what a friend of mine said a long time ago. You know, it really doesn't matter what they say as long as they spell your name right. <laughs> because I know the truth yeah. and I know God knows the truth. And that's the only person that I need to know that knows yeah. the truth. Especially right now, we know there's so much misinformation going on, right? Yeah. We're getting text messages, we're getting emails, we're looking at this news station and that news station. And it's really like I say to God all the time, just reveal to me what the truth is. Just reveal. And he'll reveal it in ways that you cannot imagine. That word is significant when you pray. Sometimes I'm like, okay, you can stop revealing. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. But it's a very powerful word when you're praying. Um, I love that thought. Again, one of the things uh, I've tried to communicate is this idea of rethinking power. And when I hear you talk like that, I think this is what I think. I think, oh, Corey is a powerful woman. The problem is we've had the wrong definition of power, haven't we? Um, I've, I've got a great uh, leader on staff with me here. Her name's Elise. And she is, she is, she's about uh, 32 years of age. She's one of our pastors. And we always talk about Elise as like, she's like the nicest person, you know, right? 
anyway, on Mother's Day, she got up, she was speaking, and she was reading a card out from her daughter, all the things she said that her daughter had said about her. But, you know, she's saying she's kind and all the things we expected. But the last thing her daughter said of her was that she was powerful. And I, I just, I felt like I was, I was shocked. And then I realized I was shocked because I have a view of power. We think power is loud. We think it's um, almost, yeah. dare I say, it, almost male-like qualities, right? Yes. Which is half the problem. But yes. I've, had to, I've had to rethink that about women and leadership because I think what you just described about I don't, I don't care what other people think because I'm God's child, um, I'm comfortable in my own skin, all those sorts of things to me, are, they're a true form of power. And I don't know whether anybody's ever said that to you, but it's worth knowing that's a powerful statement when you can communicate that way. They haven't said that to me. So thank you. I appreciate that. And I feel like that's like a little blessing from above. Um, but in that power, I'll even extend it a little bit because it's taken me a long time to get here and learning. And with that power, honestly, comes a peace that passes all understanding. It's like a peace that is so, I wouldn't trade anything for it. it no. You know, getting it. I'm not always in that, you know, moment, but it's, no. but. I feel it so much and I'm so grateful for it. And, you know, our, our kids are going to walk through their own journeys and their yeah. own moments. And we can impart the wisdom that we have in some ways they have to go through certain things to get there too. And I think about that for God, he must just be up there going, Oh no, no, come this way. And I'm like, well, I'll just drive myself off the road over here. <laughs> right. Yeah. But been kind enough to redirect me. And yeah. now I'm, I, I take a page from Carrie Underwood's uh, song, Jesus Take the Wheel. Now I'm like, you get, you get in the driver's seat. I'll just, pass. I'll get in the back seat. Yeah, it's true, <laughs> yeah. right? It's very good. Yeah. By the way, on your, on your daughter getting married, congratulations. Oh, thank you. It's, it's a funny thing, you know, I'm kind of, you know, one of my sons has got married and, you know, it was just like a happy event. But I feel like, like for example, my daughter just handed me an envelope two weeks ago. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I open up the envelope and she's made this card saying, dad, would you please walk me down the aisle? And I was gonna, I, I, in that moment, I think, I think I'm gonna burst out crying, but I tried to be quite you know, tough as us men do. But I'm thinking, what am I gonna be like on the day? No, I'm okay. gonna be a mess, aren't I? Giving my yes. daughter away. I will send you my God bless you to you. <laughs> yes, you'll have to, cause oh my goodness, man, it's gonna be tough. But, you know, that's, I mean, that is life, isn't it? Which is life keeps moving, there's change, there's transition. So let's think about the world we live in, Corey. Think about your daughter. I've got a daughter there. You know, how, how old is your daughter, by the way? She's wonderful. I just spent the weekend with her. We went karaoke. She has a boyfriend. She's 22. She'll be 23. About the same age, huh? Yes. Right. So we can commiserate with each other on the challenges you transition into these different phases in life and yeah. it's such an interesting one now and I'm just I'm so grateful thank you for asking thank you yeah right actually my uh, daughter's boyfriend he I'm six foot four but he's ah. six foot six so you know I, I gotta it's hard I gotta keep him in line but he's a rather large guy actually so I've got to be careful hey if we think about the future we're thinking about the kind of world we'd love our kids to grow up in I mean we can't obviously control everything we can influence things but what's I guess I'm almost asking what's the ideal world you'd love your daughter to grow up in 
and how is it different to the one we live? I know that's a massive question. It's funny because I was telling my parents, I tell them all the time because I'll go down and cook and they are with, they are here and I, I'll throw on Alexa, I'll put on like um, Dean Martin or, you know, all the old oldies. And I'm like, I was born in the wrong time. And I, I know that sounds weird because I'm grateful for the time I'm, you know, God says, I've prepared you for a time as this. But I almost wish there was just a sense of purity, a sense of um, honor. And, uh, you know, you, I, I wish that people could be more true to their word. You know, I, that's for what I would want for, for her. But the world in general, it sounds so cliche, but I just wish there was more peace. I, I wish there to be no division. I don't want, you know, it's so, you can't just be all roses all the time, right? But, no. but I just, I'm seeing and, and I'm experiencing, and I know you are too, that this device is divisive. And because it, it literally puts a barrier between, between mothers, daughters, mothers, sons, husband, wives, you know, and the Bible says in the last days, people will be lovers of themselves. And it concerns me because I don't want that for my daughter's generation. Yeah. And so I'm hoping we can get back to a more simple time where communication between people is prominent. And we're not like, you know, I don't know if this happened to you, but I'd have all my daughter's friends in the back of my car driving to a water polo game and they'd all be texting and I'd say, why aren't you guys talking to each other? Yeah. And they'd say, we are. Yeah, you can look up and look at each other every now and then. Oh, you know what? That reminded me what my wife and I, we went about three years ago. We had a holiday in Fiji. The restaurant is on the beach. It's a beautiful sunset. There's like flamed torches around. It's just, it's magnificent, right? And the couple next to us who I reckon were in their twenties, the whole night they sat opposite each other on their phone and we're on the beach in Fiji. And I'm like, what? I, I don't get that. It's scary, isn't it? It's scary. And that's what I, I, I want her generation to experience the family dinners and the talking, communicating. And, you know, that's what I would love for her. And I know there's more to it. There's a whole world out there. But just to have that sense of family unit and, you know, to yeah. stick together. You stick together no matter what, right? Yeah. And I'm, I'm grateful that her and I have that. That's a blessing. So it's good. Corey, talk to us just uh, as we start to wrap up a little, talk to us about uh, a couple of things. Number one, uh, God's Not Dead, which is uh, a great film. Everybody watched it. When I think I posted the interview I did with you on your uh, podcast, I had multiple people say, oh, I, I remember uh, Corey from uh, God's Not Dead. And so it talks about that process of you acting and working in a, a film like that uh, in terms of, uh, are you, do you feel like you're in your zone? Are you very nervous? Is it where you love to be? Talk to us about that. No, I wasn't nervous at all. I was so, I had just had, and I've said this in interviews before, I had just, I had taken 13 years off. I had done Beverly Hills Pawn. I had I worked, you know, a lot before. Um, but I, I was told by a friend that you'll never play a leading lady again because you're too old. And so I went home that night and I was literally like, really, Lord, like, if this is not what you want me to do, then your word says, delight yourself in the Lord and you'll give us the desires of our heart. 
if it's not what you want me to do, please take this desire from me. Just completely take it from me and give me a new desire. I don't care what I do. I'll do whatever. And within reason, right? And I got the call that, you know, I showed up on, on the set of Book of Esther, actually, just with a little five under five line role. And Russell uh, Wolf was there and he was, has since passed on and um, he handed me the script for God's Not Dead. And he said, I really think you should read for Mina. And I took the scene, it was a three page scene and it was, it was literally, and I kid you not, it was everything I really wish I could have said to the people that had hurt me in my life. Wow. Went in the bathroom and I was sobbing. I was supposed to go do the scene with the Book of Esther and I was sobbing. I was like, are you kidding me, Lord? Like you just gave me this like cathartic moment to where I can possibly play this role. And long story short, I end up, I had to read for it. I went and read with the casting director and I booked the part. I did the scene and it was, I don't know if you remember, but at the dinner table where everyone is kind of picking me apart with Professor yes. Radisson and they're like making fun of me, yes. right? Well, the truth of it, of that scene is, um, it's a three page monologue that I had. And I, I was like subtly and gently and kindly letting everybody know how I felt. When the movie came out, I couldn't wait for that scene to play out because it was my finest moment, I believe, in acting. And God cut it down to two, well, they cut it down to two sentences. Wow. And it was key though, because here's the thing I want to say about that. And it taught me, it humbled me immediately. It was like, okay, this isn't about you, Corey. This is about me. It's about God, right? And just because you want to say something doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to glorify me in saying it. And it preserved the sanctity and the integrity of Mina's character and her relationship with God, as opposed to just letting it all out there and rip into this person and that person. And I got to get it out. Yeah. But it's somewhere on the cutting room floor, of which I've tried to find it. Maybe you could send it. To, you could then send it to all those people. You know that. You know what? That's the thing. Is it's like, it's like, it was like a. It just was a beautiful moment where I thought, you know what? You're right. I have to let it go. It's up to me to let that pain go, and we don't want to look back. We want to look forward. And today is called the present because it is a present. And so, yeah. you know, we've got to keep our eyes focused. Stay forward, move forward, don't look back as hard as it is. And believe me, I have, but it was a reminder. Okay, you got it out. Don't look back, just keep going forward. So I'm grateful, so grateful for that movie in so many ways. Oh my goodness, There's, I could go on for like two hours on that movie. Well, that's a, it's a, is an amazing story that almost like God would give you the chance to uh, yeah. exit that from your system almost in a way that, okay, it didn't, uh, damage or hurt anybody but you got to speak it it's a pretty powerful story well Corey we want to say a huge thank you for being part of our rethink it podcast today thank you and we uh encourage everybody actually to make sure that they listen to your Coriolis effect uh of course on Apple podcast and YouTube but once again uh we really appreciate your honesty and your authenticity around all of those things that you've been through because I think it does actually uh, help others and it does uh, give courage to people who are probably facing some things and having to rethink some things so uh, once again thanks for being on rethink it podcast
Thank you for having me. We will see you very, very soon. Thanks for listening to Rethink It. For more, visit rethinkit.com.au. That's re-thinkit.com.au. Or follow Paul on Instagram at Paul E. Bartlett.